0: and welcome everyone to rock em nation vidcast uh slash podcast uh this is a brand new episode of dive cuts i'm your host sam selling as you can see we're on season six episode 29 and we've uh We've abandoned Matt Harris in favor of Matt Watkins, uh joining me from right down the road, down uh 170 here in St. Louis, a fellow St. Louis representing the blues tonight. Uh Matt, how's it going? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Uh no complaints. Um other than a, a, a pretty bumpy weekend in the in the transfer portal for the Tigers. Um so Matt Harris and I were on last week and uh and we felt pretty good uh so we recorded last monday felt pretty good about mizzou and caleb love um and now caleb love's gonna go to michigan so (laughs) it just goes to show you in the days of uh, the transfer portal uh recruiting's always been funny but transfer portal and nil uh i think upsets happen in a a quick way uh and that got away from the tigers in a hurry um initial takes i know i know i think of the three of us i was probably the the most on board with bringing caleb uh back into the missouri fold i think you know the the mats both were maybe uh less convinced but kind of on board i think is is uh maybe how i describe it Uh, your takeaways of how that went down?
1: Yeah, I think I would agree with that. As you notice, I'm not wearing my Carolina blue tonight that, uh, (laughs) by the wayside. Um, but no, I would, uh, I would agree that, uh, I think love was kind of a, depending on what the roster structure is next year might've been kind of a high upside luxury item. Um, obviously Mizzou's biggest need is inside, um, Caleb Love, obviously not that, uh, but we had kind of talked amongst ourselves about, you know, what, what would the shape of, a of a lineup with Caleb Love and potentially Isaiah Mosley and potentially Kobe Brown in it all on the floor at the same time look like, and you know, it's not too many teams have that. Um, there are often reasons for that, um, so it was, I guess it wasn't totally surprising that, you know, with Mizzou, we don't know that those guys are going to be back for sure, but it's not totally surprising that Caleb Love is going to a program that is pretty much turning a roster over that wasn't that great last year and is going to have the opportunity to do what he's been doing at North Carolina and perhaps more as far as shot taking, creation on the ball, etc. So... Um, you know, it, it came as a surprise. I thought Mizzou was in a pretty, pretty strong position, but when you really look at it and take a step back, I, you know, it's it's not too surprising, I guess.
0: Well, right. I don't, I don't think like this isn't a thing that uh, you know is dire or or bad for the program. I don't really think it it reflects anything on, um, you know, on Dennis Gates, the state of the program, like what the plans they had for Caleb. My argument uh, you know for bringing him in was one it was it was insurance for Isaiah Mosley. Um, I think we all kind of saw what happened with Mosley this year his sort of not being a reliable member of the team um and Missouri needed somebody who could come in and kind of be a high usage guard if, if Mosley is back like that need is obviously lessened you obviously still want to have high talents uh and and nba level talents even though you know maybe that uh, potential isn't realized uh but you always want those kinds of guys on the roster uh, and i thought adding him uh having him also be a little bit more of a of a secondary creator um you know a guy who isn't relied upon the way he was in North Carolina for or, and our first action didn't work Caleb go make a play um putting him in a more NBA style offense and having you know him be not, not quite like Des Moy Hodge but I think like Des Moy is, you know maybe played himself into a a look as an NBA player because he's a play finisher and, you know, the, the NBA, what they're, what they're looking for is they're looking for guys who can hit threes. They're looking for guys who can defend. And if you develop into something a little bit more than great, you know, but you have to be able to defend, you have to be able to hit threes to, to play in a league, at least as a guard. Like, I think you can get away with some of that if you're, if you're, you know, bigger, more athletic uh, yeah, mm-hmm. guy. But for the most part, I, I, I thought that the marriage of Dennis Gates and Caleb love was going to be a good one for Caleb's career. Um, I, I do have some suspicion that, uh, that Missouri was probably not going to offer as much as Michigan was when it came to NIL. Uh, if it's true that Caleb really wanted to be like the primary guard, then I, 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 I have a hard time, you know, arguing with making that move. Um, he's definitely going to be, like, the primary guy uh, to to handle the ball to to take the shots at Michigan. You know, even if Michigan finishes it, you know, so they've already added Burnett. If Burnett gets a waiver and he plays uh, Namari Burnett, hmm. um, you know, I think the most recent rumor is, uh, um, oh, dude from Tennessee, just forgot his name. Tell him uh, yeah, uh, Olivier Nkama, um is a possible addition there. So like, that's one of those things where, okay, now you're starting to build more pieces around him, but none of those guys are, you know, give me the ball, and let me run the offense, and that's definitely what what Caleb's gonna do at Michigan. Uh, as for what that means for, you know, Missouri, um, I don't really think it changes a whole lot to what, you know, their, their off-season plans. The, the off-season plans hinge so much around what isaiah mosley and what kobe brown are going to do if if both those guys are back then you've solved a significant portion of your production going into the season what you're looking at uh doing then is filling in around those guys um you know so so you know i think your point of calling caleb a luxury item is probably very on point I think that's why a guy like, you know, uh, John tange uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, a guy who can be a complimentary piece, um, why they're pursuing, you know, some of these, um, you know, uh, Caden Shedrick, who I, I'm a big fan of his game. I, I think he's also a complimentary piece It brings the things that they need. Um, so I, you know, it, it's, it's nothing that I, I don't think like Losing out on Caleb Blub upsets Mizzou's spring apple cart. <laughs> like right, like they, they still have their plans. They're still going to execute and bring in guys that they think are going to help. Uh, it's just a matter of who those guys are going to be.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's probably a pretty good read. Um, Mizzou has needs, obviously, but as you had mentioned, so much of it depends on what Mizzou brings back. And as, as of right now, the only two departures that we know of that aren't graduates are, um, Lahoma Diara and Ronnie DeGray, which, you know, heightens the need of what was already a need last year, um, some bulk inside. So, you know, ultimately Mizzou's success or lack thereof in the Spring portal season will be whether they can address that need and what else they can do. Caleb Love would have been a very nice boost, but again, you know, if everyone were to come back that we think could come back, he's not um, fixing the rebounding. It's well, yeah, <laughs> like Mizzou was already a very good perimeter oriented team last year that could really score some points. Um, if Caleb Love were 6'11, seven foot, and through shots in the third row, you know, we might be seeing a little bit different too here, but, uh, and of course, you know, depending on roster still getting turned over going forward that he may have been a bigger need than we know, but we just simply don't know at this point.
0: Well, uh, also on Friday, um, we had, uh, we had caught wind that Missouri was trying to bring, uh, uh Fardaz Amak, uh, onto campus, um, I think previously, when he was going to Texas Tech, there was some uh, discussion that he was kind of looking for uh, a pretty healthy um, NIL deal. So I'm I'm assuming that you know there was some negotiation probably <laughs> uh, when he when they were talking about bringing him into campus, uh, and it seems like that discussion probably went sideways because he ended up going to Cal. Uh, I'm not really sure of Cal's NIL situation, but I have a hard time imagining he's making a whole lot of money out there. If you're going to be taking less, at least go take less, be with the, with your old basketball coaches, basically mm-hmm. what, what I'm assuming happened in this case. Um, I was really leery on, on, uh, on Fardos, b- mainly because the guy that is that big, uh, but also like he's, he's a hefty dude. Like he's like 250, 260. um, playing with, you know, after a foot injury Brand. is concerning to me. Um, like foot injuries are really, really difficult to get over as a basketball player, but as a bigger basketball player, even more so. I mean, I, I would, would have felt better if it was a, an ankle or a knee than a foot. Uh, so, he was a guy who was not really high on my list. Um, and now we don't have to worry about it. Another guy that was not super high on my list was uh, uh, Essa Mustafa, who uh, couldn't contain Missouri's interior, James. <laughs> you know, he came to uh, Columbia with Coastal Carolina. Uh, but by all oh. means, like a nice player. I think he's probably going to be a rotational piece for uh, TCU. He committed to TCU today. Uh, let's see if I just kind of run through a few of these other, um, few other folks. Uh, Jonathan Pierre, uh, was the D2 transfer, uh, wing. He committed to Memphis. Uh, Cameron Hunter, uh, originally had like a top five list that he put Missouri in, um, ended up committing to Butler. Uh, Keyshawn Gilbert a St. Louis native, uh, ended up at UNLV. Um, was that Bashan, uh, committed to UNLV, uh, entered the transfer portal, and he is going to Iowa state, uh, Iowa state had a nice day because they also had, a uh, uh, Jackson, uh, Paveletsky, a guy who I, I think was, uh, popular on our Slack channel chat. <laughs> um, six, three, very skilled, uh, kind of combo guard, really good ball screens can shoot the ball. Um, you know, good size, good head, ability to pass the ball. Just a, a, a kid who looks like he has a high ceiling. He's gonna be at Iowa State. Um let's see. Uh LJ Cryer, uh Missouri had made contact. He went to Houston. That that was always kind of like a an outside um thing. I never really thought they had a good shot with him. I think uh, that was
1: Dan before he even got in.
0: Yeah, that was there's a lot of these that um, you know they're they're gonna go through the pomp and circumstance of <laughs> entering the portal, uh, actually going on a visit, you know, having the graphic made up and then committing. Um, but yeah, so he ended up at Houston. Um, let's see, who else we got? Uh, so today was really busy for commitments. Uh, today we had uh, Micah Hanlongton. <laughs> Um I always laugh because we've been trying to figure out how to say his name uh hand longton uh, i it, it's his last name is spelled hand log 10 so i can only imagine that's what it is maybe it's like hand Loten or something
1: i think uh, it's Han Loughton, but it's we're gonna
0: we're gonna find out because he went to florida <laughs> so we're gonna face him um so yeah we will we will learn uh probably quickly because i think another guy that we thought uh you know was sort of a high ceiling big seven foot seven foot one Good rib finisher developing offensive game. Uh so he, he's gonna be Todd Golden's um uh new toy to play with. Uh we mentioned Pavlitsky. Uh Kalel Ware was a guy Missouri made contact with. He uh left Oregon, uh former five star recruit and is going to Indiana. So there was a lot of other commitments. Um Denver Jones went to Auburn over the weekend. Uh I think that's it as far as as far as Missouri making contact, I believe.
1: Yeah, I think there may have been a few that had trimmed their list, but as far as commitments, those seem Oh yeah. I didn't want to make you sad and bring up Tyler Perry. <laughs> For the record, I, I would be very sad. I'm not one hundred percent sure that I would ever rely on that account or the one that I always confuse it for that uh, those, those uh, accounts like to peddle a lot of lists. um, And I'm leery of any account that likes to put graphics with lists on it. Um, Oh yeah. Yes. That, uh, that it did appear to be trending that way. And, you know, as sad as it makes me, I, you know, it it does kind of make sense from the Mizzou perspective, talking about Tyler Perry here, who is, an absolute dynamite player, but he is also 5'11 on a good day. Um, and Mizzou is already a pretty small along the perimeter, especially on the ball with Nick Honor and uh, Sean East. So, you know, adding another um, six-foot-ish player, Yeah, I'm not really sure that that's what they're looking for, even though I think any program would probably benefit from having a Tyler Perry on their team. Love that guy. So then the question is like, we've been able to eliminate
0: a substantial portion of the list that Missouri has made contact with. Um, So from our board, there are no point guards left. Um, There is one combo guard and that's Reggie Bass, who apparently is committing, uh, I believe Wednesday and it is, there's no signs that it's Missouri. Um, so of course, you know, it, it will probably be Missouri. Uh, but I think there's, there's some, there's some stuff going around that might be, uh, like Illinois. I know Illinois has been making a lot of noise. Um, I really like today they got Mm -hmm. Domask and, uh, the Utah Valley guard. who's another Chicago native. Um, and then I want to say there was one more.
1: They um, had the uh, commitment from South Dakota, who is like a bench warmer. I'm not sure.
0: Oh, if that's right. Yeah.
1: He it was walking well or a scholarship player, but I kind of chuckled at the highlight video that someone had put together for him. Not that he doesn't deserve it by any means, but that just uh, um, so, that it'd be <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I, I will slight Illinois. I will not slight the kid. <laughs>
0: uh, so wings, um, Steel Venneris is off the board to Gonzaga. We mentioned this year. Uh, yeah, he was another nice player, six seven, uh, can shoot the rock, uh, a surprisingly good athlete, um, and a hell of a name. Yeah, I, we had <laughs> some like there, there were some, definitely some guys who entered the portal. I'm like I like I would love to like just assemble a list of like like the best <laughs> names in the portal. Uh and like Micah Hanlogton was like on on that group. Like I just would love to have even like Coloware, like like uh, <laughs> yeah, tell, let's be like Colourware. <laughs> like your name is practically Superman's name. So um but uh still on the board. K C K native from Piper High School, Kansas City, Kansas, Tamar Bates. Uh a guy who... Could definitely upgrade Missouri's
1: defense. Watkins, how do you feel about Tamar Bates? We're not going to have Matt Harris drop in in the middle of this conversation, are we? <laughs> uh, well, he does
0: have the link, but I have the, the ability to uh, not allow him into the feed.
1: So, <laughs> well, I do like Tamar Bates. Uh, Mr. Harris is uh, uh, hes a very big proponent of Tamar Bates, um, which was the joke. But no, I think in the right, context he would be a very good player for Mizzou to add as you mentioned the defense his uh shot came around this year he's hasn't proven that he's much of an offensive threat except for you know kind of the Des Moines Hodge game but not quite as advanced um so it's you know it again you're kind of he needs a little more time to load up the shot like Des Moines
0: could get it off in a in a phone booth uh right but but Tamar is definitely a guy who needs some space
1: but he's that that type of player, you know, when we're talking about shoots threes, runs in transition, moves away from the ball, that type of player. And he he might be more than that. We just don't know at this point. So it's kind of what Mizzou is looking for. Um, if you've got one or both of Kobe Brown and Isaiah Mosley back, he's a great fit. You know, you can't ask for a better fit than Tamar Bates. If neither of them are back, obviously you'd have more spots, but you're kind of looking for some, someone who's a little bit more proven to make plays, work on the ball, create for others, et cetera. Um, but, you know, I, I do think he's a good player. I don't think he was utilized that well at Indiana. Um, not many guards can be when you've got a first-round draft pick pounding the ball and you've got two big guys stationed on the block. What There's just not a lot, a lot of meat left on that bone. Um, right. So I, I think there's a lot more to his game than w- what we know. but again, you're kind of at the point where you're looking at next year's goals um, and trying to fit pieces into slots. So that's I think that's the biggest question with Bates in my mind. So then I,
0: I think at that point, like we really don't know where Missouri is going to turn on the wing if it's not if it's not Tamar Bates. Uh, um, it seems to me that the attention that they're giving um, is, is in making sure that they're finding a post guy um, that isn't to say that they aren't also recruiting wings I, I believe that they are uh, we just we don't really have a good uh, clue as to who their primary targets are outside of some whispers that they've they've talked to Bates uh, there seems to be mutual interest there. Uh that mutual interest seemed to kind of kick up right about the time that Michigan was gaining ground with Caleb Loves. Maybe Missouri was like, We might be losing out on this guy. Let's let's go get this other guy. Um and it and it did seem like the interest in Bates was at least genuine. Um I think so. But none of like you know, Tamar Bates, not Tamar Bates, uh none of that matters if Missouri isn't able to somewhat solve their interior issues that they had this past year um we did get some good news today and that uh was that yesterday uh it was last night was it last night Uh, Mm um that uh that Shedrick is actually going to be visiting um he he did go to uh to Duke um And like the information that, that we've been able to gather about this is that he did go to Duke. He is on Duke's board. He doesn't appear to be their top priority, nor does he appear to be a guy who will be like heavily expected to play tons of minutes. So the role, uh, being reduced at a place like Duke, um, and, uh, and you know, being down the board a little bit allowed him to maybe take a moment and open up and look at some of his other options. The other options uh, on his final five were Missouri, Xavier, uh, Texas, and Kansas State. At this point, he's scheduled visits back-to-back uh, from Texas to Missouri. So we kind of feel like those are probably uh the schools that are ahead of the others it doesn't seem like kansas state is super in there uh and and xavier i think they're trying to get him on campus but nothing's been scheduled um so it looks like at this point that missouri is at least in pretty good position when when dennis gates is able to get guys onto campus he seems to do pretty well uh securing a commitment Um that is happening on the nineteenth, so that is next week. How do we feel
1: about Caden Shedrick, Matt? What what do you like about him? I I would say that if we were a group, he would be kind of our cult hero. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you you look at his numbers and they don't jump off the page, you know. And this is this is not an analytics versus non analytics discussion, but. You know, he averaged something like six and a half points a game, four or five rebounds a game, a block or two. Um, But you have to look at a lot of things when you analyze what he was doing. First of all, Virginia, very, very good basketball team. Tony Bennett is one of my favorite coaches in America. He's an excellent coach. But um, much like North Texas with Tyler Perry we were just discussing, they play incredibly, incredibly slow. I mean, we're talking, you know, if they could play 60 possessions a game, they're going to play 60 possessions a game. Um, zoo, on the other hand, wants to get up and move. Um, you know, they're if they could play, they would be more up in the 75 possession per game average. Um, and when you look at it that way, I mean, that's a, what is that, a 25% increase in stats, in box score stats, just by pace of play. Um, another thing about Virginia is that he did not play as much as he should have on um, the dark side of Tony Bennett, so to speak. Um, it, it was a well, well-traveled discussion on the, uh, Twitter sphere um, that Caden Shedrick made Virginia a better team and Caden Shedrick wasn't on the floor enough. And I believe he averaged something around 40% of the minutes played, which is what, 16 minutes a game. And uh-huh. he, you know, the numbers do bear out that he was probably their best interior player, but he was not getting the best interior player minutes. Um, so as far as what I like about him. There
0: was There's a guy in front of him who played, whose name was Bennett. His first name was Bennett. And so that was, <laughs> I think, was that Jim Root's joke? Yeah,
1: that that Tony was favoring the guy who was named after him or something (laughs) well Vanderplass I think has some connections to the uh, connections to the coaching staff there Um, so he was the player who was getting more minutes ahead of Shedrick for that matter Um, but when I look at him I think he fit what Virginia did well but I think he would fit what Mizzou does or wants even more Um, and that's someone who's going to play more um, who can get up and down? Who can move? Um, not all seven footers can move. Caden Shetter can. Um, who has? So he has
0: re- great, great, great re- like recovery. Uh, and like you can go back and just watch Virgin- uh, Virginia games and watch him defend ball screens uh, okay. and how quickly he's able to recover to a post player. And I like that's so much of post defense these days. That I like that's exciting.
1: Yeah, you've got to have that lateral foot speed to be able to get out in the perimeter and corral guards if you're switched on to one, or to hedge and get back to your big man that's rolling to the basket. He does all of those things well. Um, he obviously protects the rim well too. He's got some. He's not an explosive athlete, but he's athletic enough for someone seven foot, and he's very good at timing his blocks too, which is an undervalued asset uh, in my mind. A lot of guys can jump high it's the ones who can jump high at the right time and not foul that are really important
0: yeah i think of somebody like jenny broom is awesome at at timing timing his blocks like he's he's not an explosive guy and and i mean 610 is not small by any means but he's not like a towering
1: presence like he blocks a lot of shots with unbelievable timing So I think those are the things that are most exciting. Offensively, his game's pretty simple. Um, He's not a he. You're not going to confuse Kobe Brown for Caden Shedrick, um, but he does set screens. He rolls well. He moves well off the ball. um, He rebounds well, which is that's a pretty big thing. Um, But I I I think he would be valuable offensively, but defensively is worth kind of what gets me excited about him. And I think he's kind of a... I had mentioned this to you all today. I think it's kind of a unique situation that a high major program like Mizzou is looking for someone and is in such dire need of someone exactly like him and who's leaving a program because he didn't play enough and wants theoretically to play more. Um, You know, it seems like a really good fit. But it's recruiting. So... (laughs) You know, and if he makes it to Mizzou, I I will I will like Mizzou's chances, but that's, you know, that's, ten days away, which in portal season might as well be an eternity. So,
0: <laughs> and I would uh, I would add uh, to that that, you know, with with the way things work with NIL, um, uh, you you really never know, like why why guys are making decisions uh, a lot of the time is because they're getting really great nil deals um not everybody is making the best decision for their basketball future and everybody is considering those things um and by all means like i don't i don't mean to denigrate guys that are making those decisions i've long been a proponent that the players should have this kind of control and be able to uh you know to to make money uh you know while schools are profiting off them they they should get a portion of that um You know, but, you know, because the money isn't known, we don't know what guys are getting. Um, There's rumors that this guy's asking for this much, this guy's asking for this much, uh, you know, and certain teams aren't willing to pay whatever, like, uh, you know, or or don't have the pool, or they do have the pool, they don't want to spend that much on one guy, blah, blah, blah. Like, all this stuff uh, is so unknown. And because it's unknown, like we look at, you know, and I, I, still think like we're, we're looking at recruiting in a way that it used to be, you know, even, even when that, that dark money still existed in the <clears> table, <throat> like you're still explaining coach player relationships. You're still, you know, like assigning, like what player would fit into what role. Um, you know, I think Shedrick is a guy with his skill set would work both really well at at Missouri and Texas. I understand from a basketball perspective, why both of these programs would be really interested in Shedrick. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot, there's a reason why he was contacted by 30, 40, 50 schools, however many it was, uh, when he entered the transfer portal, because his, his skill, his ability to move all the kind of stuff. It's just what most college teams want in a big man these days. Uh, But until you can sort of put that picture together with what the NIL picture is, it's difficult to know exactly like what certain guys are wanting. And I do think that there are probably guys who know that they're destined for professional basketball that maybe aren't looking for the absolute top dollar. Um, But I still think it's important. And we want to make sure that yeah, you want to make sure you're like, you're not taking a bad deal.
1: Right. No, I, I definitely think that that's the case, especially at the upper end of the transfer portal. I, I don't want to say it's just money, but it's a big thing when you see guys like LJ Cryer leaving from Baylor. Um, I mentioned Matthew Meyer last year at Baylor. Like why, why would you go to Illinois from Baylor? Um, you know Baylor's a good program he's doing really well there um I don't think he, I mean, thing. <laughs> he's developing. I mean, thing he's developed like Matthew Meyer and his time at
0: Baylor developed into an NBA player right and so it's you know I mean he, it's just, it's it's just my my take but he went to Illinois and I don't think he helped his stock I think he made it worse
1: yeah um and even someone like Hunter Dickinson this year um you know, I can understand one to go closer to home if that's what he's really wanting to do, but um their entire offense was built around Hunter Dickinson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't I don't know what else from a basketball perspective you want than having the ball in your hands as much as you want. Um and having the entire offense revolving around you. Um so you know, I'm not saying this is the case, but it's entirely possible that some of his money that was being used on uh Hunter is being used on someone else who also wants the ball in his hands next year. And that's you know, well, that's not I, I, on, it's just the reality.
0: Well and I do think like that's that's a, a good point. And I would also like wonder if, you know, like and this is something that is probably worth an even like deeper discussion maybe this off season, but if you look at like every school kind of knows what their right right, their their salary pool is basically. Um, like Dennis Gates knows what Lawrence Bowers and his group have to work with. Um, and if he, if he doesn't, he's not, he's not doing his job. Um, so every college basketball coach should know at least roughly, uh, what their setup is and what they can afford and what sort of like pools they're working with. Uh, and I, I wonder if Joan Howard, like, after last year, is was like, man, we are, we are giving Hunter a lot of money. <laughs> and, and like, we've gotten worse every year with Hunter in our, in our lineup. Uh, I like, I think we can win more if we change this up and we still have big guys. Like, you know, like let's, let's look at this uh combo guy. He, he's, he's pretty good, but you know, like Nkambua is not Hunter Dickinson. He's not, he, he's he's not like the black hole, and I I say that in a good way. But but the ball gravitates towards Hunter, and I don't think you need that. So with so much of you know the, the way the game is changing, maybe Jawan saying like, look, I can I can take what we were paying Hunter, and I can get two guys. Like I can maybe go get Caleb, and I can get uh, and Kamwa, and and you know have. Two really good players, uh, who give me a more diverse skill set, and maybe also possibly defend better. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of critics about about Hunter's uh, defense, and you know, and so like that's one of those things. Like, it's 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 difficult for for us to know because we don't we. You know, it's it's all behind closed doors. We don't know what player is weighing how much from one school to the next school. Um, I've always felt that the best case scenario for Mizzou is not to just out be able to outbid people, uh, but to have a successful coach who puts guys in the NBA on a regular basis, has a clear development plan, and has a competitive NIL program. And I think Missouri is close to that. Um, you know, Do I think Caleb probably got more to go to Michigan? Yeah. Do I think every player um, you know, is going to need more money uh in order to be successful? I don't I don't think so. I think guys that believe in a in a coach and a plan, as long as the offer is competitive, uh, will probably be more inclined to go with a place they feel like they can develop into a pro.
1: I would agree with that. And, you know, it even if you are getting more money to go somewhere else, there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that. Um no. from a from a school side, you need to use your resources wisely. And it's like any pro pro franchise. You know, if you put all of your money into one guy and he's good, but the rest of the team stinks, you know, what have you really accomplished? It's great for the player. Um but thank, you know think LeBron and Cleveland. <laughs> right. Uh, so it's, you know, or Taking it to a baseball analogy. I mean, the the Los Angeles Angels, I guess it's Anaheim Angels now, um, have two best players in baseball, hands down. And they haven't made the playoffs since I think 2012, 13, 14, somewhere in there. Albert Pujols was a new angel when they last made the playoffs. We'll put it that way. Um, so yeah, it's it's having the best team and how you can use your resources to build the best team. And if Mazoo's belief is that Isaiah Mosley and Kobe Brown are going to be the best players on the team, that's a good use of use of resources, in my opinion. Um, you know, if that means not getting a Caleb Love, if it means looking in the um, second tier of big man of the big men pool, I think that's probably a wise use. Um, because once you start taking one of those guys off, granted, you have more money, but can you find someone as good as the guys that you li- are leaving your program? So, you know, <clears throat> just using that by way of an example, um, I think that's that's something that coaches in college have to be very cognizant of, about. Granted, you can always say that players are being paid under the table, and, you know, they very, very well might have been, but now that it's... Um, for the most part, coming in one large pool. And I'm sure every coach in America who is presiding over a program that has an NIL nil pool knows exactly what's in it. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, it, it's a little bit more out in the open now. Well,
0: and I think that's, that's why I think we're also big fans of, of Shedrick and why we think he would he would fit is because he's not a guy like Hunter Dickinson. He's not a guy who is going to command the ball on the block. Um, you're going to be able to put him in ball screens, um, and, and roll. Uh, he's shown that he can hit the short roll and, and, and hit, you know, short jumpers as well. Uh, you can put him in, the in dunker spot. He'll finish that. He'll offensive rebound. Um, so he, he's in a lot of ways, the ideal guy. Uh, for what Missouri wants to do and how Missouri plays. The other guy that we haven't quite talked about yet is Jamarian Sharp. Um, he's the seven foot five looming figure in the transfer portal. Many people have long pegged him uh, to be a Missouri Tiger. Uh, but he's also kind of been focused on training and 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 preparing as an an nba draft guy uh sharp is definitely a freak um he's he's seven foot five it doesn't make sense that he can move as fast as he does uh he can run jump all the things that you would think like he, he he moves the way shedrick moves uh with like another six inches of on his frame um so as you can imagine like that's something that's desirable but we at this point like there's been nothing out of sharps camp or anything about about visits or or interests uh he's i'm assuming at this point that uh, he'll probably have a lot of the same levels of interest that he did when he entered briefly last year Uh, i know there were some rumors that he was looking at houston memphis uh louisville as well as Missouri. Um I I say let's get Shedrick on campus, get him signed up and call it a day. But I think you could do a lot worse than Jamarian Sharp if 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 Shedrick doesn't work out. It's just a matter of whether we can actually get this uh to happen and not have that, that carrot dangled in front of you for too long.
1: Right. Now I think he's probably the <clears throat> highest upside guy who would fit into our needs and by ours i mean mizzou um you know that when you're looking for a defensive presence a rim protector someone who can move laterally and vertically um you know few can do it like sharp can at that size none can do it at that size but few even at the seven foot range can do it like that um but unlike uh shedrick in virginia Sharp hasn't had the benefit of the greatest coaching the last two years. Bollins. and and, I'm not throwing any particular coaches under the bus, but Western Kentucky was talking about Rick Stansbury. It was a very, very, very talented team last year. And, you know, they did not perform like a very talented team. And I know there were some, I believe some health issues with Rick, but Sharp had been there for two years and, Um, Sharp wasn't a totally different player from the time that he arrived, from the time that he's leaving, um, which is a shame because someone with that skill set with great coaching could be a dynamite presence. Um, and when you're looking at it from someone like Mizzou's perspective, um, can you make those strides in that short of time to where he could be an elite player? And he, he might be, um, but he's not as far along as far as the skills of defensive basketball go uh, as compared with Shedrick, even though he's got a world of potential at least my view you on it.
0: I would also, uh, add in that, um, the level of strength, condition and training that you would get at a place like Western Kentucky is not going to be at the same level that you would get at Virginia. Um, or you know, Missouri for that matter, I think Mio you know, Missouri is also in that club. Uh so this is one of those things where it's it's difficult because you know, Shedrick is already been coached. Uh he has all the pieces that you need ready to go now. Sharp is a guy who can develop into that guy, but you're doing that in one off season. Right. Like if, if, if Shedrick commits and you're able to get him, like that's your starting five next year. Uh and not that I don't think Sharp would start, but right out of the gate it you're you're just you're gonna be better off with, with Shedrick. But the interior presence, if you can get Sharp right. Uh, and what he can do to change the angles of the game on the defensive end, uh, like that's just impossible to uh, to really like you know plan for to practice for. You just you 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 can't uh, you can't prepare for a guy like Sharp, uh, because a lot of a lot of teams have athletic 6'10", 6'11 guys. <laughs> Um, you know, so that you're used to kind of seeing those, but not many have guys that move the way that Sharp does at seven foot five.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of what was at the 2019 NCAA tournament when Central Florida played Duke, and uh, that was Zion Williamson was on Duke, and uh, Taco Fall was on Central Florida, and Central Florida had that game one. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he was you know, Sharp and Fall aren't the same player, but they have that same type of impact that a surefire number one overall pick who had a great game. But, you know, the reason Central Florida was in that game is because they had this just beastly presence inside that could dunk flat footed. Um, You know, that makes offensive rebounding putbacks pretty easy. Um, Speaking of Sharp, I was watching some film of him the other day and he stepped out from his position on the block and was managed to tip a three-point jump shot in one step. Um, you know, it's just—it's it, kind of like a cheat code if you—if you have a guy like that and is locked in and knows what he's doing and is well schooled and everything. But that's a lot of ifs. So, you know, Shedrick is—he's uh, an attractive option because you don't have those same questions but you're giving up some of the size and athleticism. So it's a good debate to have.
0: <laughs> we'll be a lot closer by this point next week. Um, supposedly he's visiting on the 19th, which should be a Wednesday. So we're recording this Monday night, April 10th. Um, yeah, so we got to wait until the 19th. On the 18th, he's uh, he's going to Texas. Um, so going to check out Texas and check out Missouri back to back. Um, hopefully Dennis Gates has, uh, has that NIL package and, uh, and the video package to show Shedrick of everything they're going to do with him, uh, ready to go. And, and he gets, uh, blown away by, by what, uh, Dennis Gates has to offer. Lord knows we need him. Uh, but we are going to be covering all the transfer portal stuff, uh, As it continues through the week, if there are any other uh, names that that come up for Missouri in their wing position or their interior post position, we will certainly uh, be talking about that. Uh, Watkins has a uh, little roster piece that he's keeping updated that has everything uh, and who is doing what, uh, leaving, coming in, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Make sure you're looking at that uh and then oh, the three of us really um, <laughs> are working on that uh very very uh time-consuming and long uh transfer portal tracker uh that is uh that is up to date as of tonight um and we will keep that updated as more guys come off the board like i said i think we've got reggie bass uh committing on uh wednesday uh and i think uh uh graham uh, Ike, um, the Wyoming transfer big is visiting Providence. Um, soon. do you mean a lot of people? Yeah. <laughs> Kimmy, Hey, he's, he's running it back with George Mason, like plus Devin Carter and Bryce Hopkins. So, you know, like, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, the big big East, man, I don't know, like Georgetown Ed Cooley's has got quite a few, uh, commitments. Uh, they're looking good. Big East is looking tough, man. It looks like UConn's gonna get Nick Timberlake, so Alright.
1: Um, is there anything else you want to hit on before we get out of here? No, I think uh, I think we basically covered the portal interest. Um, you know, I guess the parting words would be I tweeted this out the other day. It's uh it kind of seems like things haven't been going real well from zoo in the portal, but I I just caution everyone that last year we were trying our very very best to cover what was going on and there were just guys committing to Mizzou that we had no idea were even on campus I know that happened with Nick Honor Uh, there had been some lists that Mizzou was recruiting him similar to what we've seen this year and then all of a sudden we see a bad signal and Nick Honor is committed to Mizzou and then we see pictures from his visit we had no idea any of this was happening no one did If we didn't know it firsthand, we would have seen it somewhere. Um, Well,
0: it's definitely like a a, a big thing to keep in mind is most of the transfers, uh, especially when you're considering the uh, like the high major transfers, guys that are transferring high major to high major. Those guys have already done all this, right? Mm -hmm. stuff. So they, they they had their big announcement. They had like, you know, all the official visits and, you know, they, they've they gotten to go through that process where they're talking recruiting writers. And a lot of the guys just don't want to do that this time. So a lot of, now you'll see some of that stuff. Like I think the, the Cameron Hunter kid from central Arkansas uh, is a good example. Uh, the guy who comes out with like top five lists, like I'm going to get, you know, tip to edits to, to put a graphic together with my top five list. And like three of those schools aren't really like those aren't committable offers. Uh, cause it's, it's too early, dude. Like you can't, you can't commit here. Like we don't know who else is going in the portal. Like he released that list. And then we learned Kayla blow went of the portal Tamar Bates were in the portal. Like, and like now we've got our Kario Morris in the portal. Um, there was another portal entry that happened, uh, right before we came on, but it's just like, like I think all this week we're going to see more fairly big names going into the portal. Um, and as long as guys are still going in, like, I'm not going to worry about who Missouri pass, like focus on the fact that John Tanjay is on the roster. That dude's good.
1: We didn't know anything about him until he came <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: so, Uh, We've got Tanjay, we've got uh, Shedrick visiting. At this point, uh, you have to feel pretty good about where Missouri sits with Shedrick. Um, You know, if Jamarian Sharp is your your fallback there, then, like, that's not the worst thing that can happen. Uh, So let's just, let's let it play out. Let's see who else comes in the portal. Um, We'll be back, you know, next week to, to talk about this again, probably with the other Matt. Um, and so I feel like I kind of cut you off a little bit on your, were you, you, were
1: now, you oh, rest up or. You? I was, I was just going to start rattling off examples. And I think it's most of the guys who signed with Mizzou last year. Um, yeah. You know, that we didn't know. I think we had a little indication that <clears throat> Des Moines Hodge was going to be, um, uh, I don't want to say that we knew he was coming to Mizzou, but I think he, had, he might've announced that he was announcing. Um, I could be misremembering that, um, but Sean East we kind of had a feel for, uh, but Mo, <clears throat> excuse me, Mohammed Diara, we that was completely out of the blue. DeAndre Golston was completely out of the blue. Um, Noah Carter. Noah Carter. Sure. He, yeah, he We knew we were on Mizzou was, was on some lists um, for Carter, but didn't know he visited. Didn't know he. Yeah, they, they made his made him. his top five. Uh, And he
0: had like visits he was all going to take and like went to Mizzou was like, I'm good. So
1: it can happen just like that. So anyway, it's not a, I'm not the ruler of anyone's emotions, but uh, you know, just from a practical standpoint, this is how it goes, you know, and Mizzou's only shopping for two, three spots total this year. It's not the 10 that they were looking for last year.
0: Well, yeah, I think that's that's another salient point, and one that I think uh, it's easy to forget. Uh, Mizzou is not looking for a whole lot. I mean, at at most, like they could maybe, and, and really, we don't know exactly what Kobe's going to do. We don't know exactly what uh, Mosey's going to do. We have a we have a good indication um, on what those guys will be doing, but realistically, like there's just not that many spots for them to fill, um, with the guys that we know are coming back. So, and as more and more guys continue going to the portal, like that, you just, you don't know, uh, where things are going to end up. I would not start panic probably until maybe mid May. <laughs> Hopefully things are, <laughs> if, 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 if John Tajay is like your only guy in mid May, okay. Like maybe, maybe you can press that panic button a little bit. Um, but you know, for now, like it's April 10th, this, you know, basketball season has been over for a week. We're good. Uh, follow this guy, uh, <laughs> at data Mizzou. You can see my, uh, my Twitter handle there. We're, uh, we're tweeting out all the Jasper portal stuff. Um, down here i'm getting getting used to this uh this reverse screen thing uh walking but down here is a subscribe button so please subscribe uh to this um youtube feed uh you can find us on youtube at rock nation um you can also find us in any place that you get your podcast the same way that you have always listened to rock radio um, we are on this new uh this new group called fans for sports now um is uh our new like you know podcast group they're uh they're they're helping us out it's it's been a a really really uh good transition we're very excited about it it helps if people are subscribed uh you can find them on youtube also uh and uh and there's also a facebook page you'll get all kinds of updates so if mizzou is not your only sports passion chances are these guys have an awesome podcast just like this one just for your other favorite sports teams how about that good news yeah (laughs) look at this for us all uh, so we'll be back next week with more rock and radio and more dive cuts uh until then thanks for tuning in so we'll